0: Welcome or welcome back to the Mississippi Artist to Artist podcast, where we get to have real conversations with Mississippi artists who are living or working in the state. It's been such a pleasure and coming to, to find out we've got our new sets of numbers in and we're we're being downloaded in six different you know countries. And that's pretty awesome because we're featuring all Mississippi artists and that's more and more people getting to know and experience what our lives are like here, what our art is like here and being able to bond with us and find us. And it opens up a whole world of empathy. And it's just, it's an incredible thought that people are bonding and relating to our artists here in our state. So I want to thank you for everyone who's listening. And I don't know if you're artists, most of you, um, you know, who, who've contacted me, you've told me you're artist. but if you're artist or if you're not artists, however, you're enjoying this, send us a message by info at the thelittleyellowbuilding.com. Let us know what you like about the podcast. Well, this week, we have a guest artist out of Oxford, Mississippi. His name's Frank Estrada. Thank you so much for being with us, Frank.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So, Frank, to to get started off with, why don't you tell us a little bit about growing up and your history with art?
1: All right. Um, so I pretty much grew up creating art since I was little. <laughs> I feel like I've told this story so many times, but uh, I just kept on creating art uh, as a young child and even through kindergarten I still have artwork from kindergarten in my flat files and um, I pretty much just grew everything that I saw on TV so growing up watching Saturday cartoons even through uh, you may or may not be familiar but Toonami after school Toonami Cartoon Network watching a lot of Dragon Ball Z Sailor Moon things like that Ninja Turtles Sonic the Hedgehog so I grew up a lot of those characters. There was a lot of, I guess, opportunities to take art in um, public schools. And so I had, I, I can remember one art teacher always drawing um, wrestlers. So wrestling was very popular when I was growing up. So I used to watch that with my dad. And so what my art professor would draw Macho Man Randy Savage, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and then he would pass them out, I guess, as awards to students. So I collect those throughout the years. I think uh, ever since I transitioned to private schools, I lost all that. So there wasn't a lot of art in the, in the school system. So I just fell out of touch with it. It wasn't until I got back into art, um, was in my sophomore year of college. And so that's where I discovered what printmaking was. And I just fell in love with it.
0: And you grew up in Memphis, right? Yes. Now, how was the art scene in Memphis growing up? Did you get to experience any of it as a kid? Like, did your parents were they were they artsy people? Mine were not. <laughs> I <laughs> no, got to my experience parents, culture, but not not art. Gotcha.
1: No, my parents weren't artsy people at all. You know, my dad worked in construction, and at the time, my mom was cleaning houses for these for a couple, and I pretty much grew up with this couple. Um, I consider them like my uh, adopted grandparents. Um, they're no longer living, but they did um, always push me to do artwork. And they also paid for, I think it was a summer course at the the school up there, the Memphis College of Arts. So they paid for one. I, I'm pretty sure it was a summer session. I went out there and did uh, a whole art camp. Um, so, yeah, they have always pushed me to continue artwork. Um, but as far as the art scene, I just can't remember a lot of it. It's changed so much now um, going back home because my my dad still lives in Memphis. So seeing Memphis now, it's just, I guess, uh, exploded, you know, with all the
0: arts. It really has exploded. Well, what brought you into Mississippi? You came to college down here, right?
1: Yeah, you know,
0: in-state college. Um, I came here for
1: a business degree, a business major, Party too much. <laughs> Found out it wasn't for me, really. And so I just wanted to get back into art. And I figured, you know what, what the hell? Let me go ahead and change my major, get into art. And it took me a while to get back into that whole groove of creating, but uh, I found it probably my, what was it, second semester, sophomore year. And so, and then I, I wanted to continue my art in uh, graphic design. And then I think once I took my first printmaking class, I just fell in love with it because it's more hands-on, um, it's more detailed work. You know, you're creating something with your hands, whereas like, I'm, I'm doing it now, but. You're not sitting in front of a computer all day, you know, and you can work on a project in graphic design all day and still not be finished. And so, and then with printmaking, it's just, you get what you get. There's no erasing
0: kind of thing. Yeah. You have that layer of, you know, you, you judge that mark, you make that mark and it's done. There is no back click. There is no edit. <laughs> That's it. Um, I I make my students, you know, we have a portion of time where we can work with erasers, but then I, you know, you, we've got to sketch, we've got to stop using the erasers. We've got to put down. Yeah. What an interesting experience. So, you know, and it's, it's kind of a running thing that every time I've come across a printmaker, they, they had that in the college experience and they fell in love with it. And, I have a whole other array of artists that were like, yeah, I wish I could have had printmaking. Like, (laughs) That's also like such a cool experience that you got to have in college. So I'm glad you got to experience that. When you graduated, what did you do?
1: Oh, when I graduated. Let's see, it was probably 2013. So I graduated with a BFA with an emphasis in printmaking and sociology. So I couldn't really do much after graduation. (laughs) But at the time, um, I think there was a a recent graduate that was working on campus, but uh, as an external, external employee in athletics. And I think she was on her way out. And so that company, which is RJ Young, was looking for somebody. And I think they contacted the art department and uh, someone in the art department uh, referred me and I interviewed for the job and I got it. And so for five years, I was working in athletics, um, documenting and archiving all the sports memorabilia. So like newspapers, uh, media guides, photos, you name it, all that for five years. So and let, I me didn't a lot.
0: <laughs> let me ask you this. When it comes down to your artwork now, do you have it all documented and organized? A bunch of my old
1: stuff, yes. Yeah. Um, here with my recent work, I'm trying to. It's hard because I'm so busy now with a full-time job and being in school. So, But I do try to keep it organized as much as possible. I know I need to update my website with the work that I have right now. So.
0: So looking back on your Instagram I, and that's how I, I find all of y'all is through Instagram. It's where I, I get to go and it's my picture focused and I get to scroll through and I'll find Mississippi artists. And I was like, yeah. Um, but scrolling through your Instagram, you have developed and it's, it's on currently on display at the the Mississippi, arts and entertainment experience um, in Meridian, but you have developed this incredible body of work based on your family. It's gorgeous. And it has, you know, each family member is not only this beautiful portrait that's rendered by by carving, but is also surrounded by uh, a floral element that reflects a part of their personality that you really wanted to bring strength to. And then you have built in the whole AR element, you know, the, the augmented reality part of it, which is gorgeous. You have these digital portraits done in there. When did you start that? How did you come up with it? Uh, I think
1: so. The AR element was probably recent. So I know this was in the process of two years and I wanted to do something more because I know I had, I never visited the Max until I had to install the show or, you know, the opening. And so I didn't know the space I was working with. And at the time, the curator there was gave me this is how many pieces I need. This is how big the space is could you do at least maybe 13? I'm like, okay, well, I think I can do 13 pieces. I don't know what else I could, I guess, add to it. I had all these other ideas, but I don't, they didn't work with the whole body of work. That makes sense. But I wanted more, I wanted more interaction. And for the past few years, I've been working with digital art as far as uh 3d and animation. And I did mess around with the, uh, AR a little bit but not fully where I was like uh I don't know what I could do well I'll take that back I take that back I did work with AR because I was working on a prototype for a friend of mine they is like hey we got this guy that's creating a prototype do you mind making a 3D render of it because I think they saw my work beforehand because I was working with uh voxels voxel arts like these little cubes And so I was like, well, yeah, I can do that. But to see it in person, to see it like in real life, to do a whole 360 of it, I wanted to bring it into AR, into Adobe Aero. So that way, if they wanted to, they could see what it looks like on the vehicle, the prototype. And so I just wanted more interaction with my pieces instead of a tooting on the wall kind of thing. The Max had so much to offer and I had no idea. And then bringing my exhibition there just fit. It just worked um, because they have interaction pieces in the museum. And I wanted the public to interact with my work as well. I I sound so stupid.
0: (laughs) No, 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 no. That's not stupid at all. Like that is that's taking your work, which you already know as an artist, people walk by every day. You know, there are certain people that are going to stop and pay attention to what you did. There are certain people that are going to stop and be just struck visually by what you did. But then there's another portion of the populace and they will stop and they want more. You know, and I build shows based on that exact same concept of connection and wanting them to be able to experience one step further. That's not stupid to me at all. That's brilliant. (laughs) I love it. It's, it's often hard to talk about because you do, you sound, you you feel like, I, I know when I get to talking about it, I feel like I sound like a big goober, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, but it's, it really is wanting another step that someone can experience and bond with and not only with the art but especially with yours you're bonding with a portrait then you're bonding with another portrait that you've you've rendered in 3d and you're getting just another step into being influenced about who that person was and maybe care a little bit more it's all we can really want is for you to care about what we're doing
1: so you explained this so much better than I could ever have.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I really, really love what I, I love what I do. I love what you do. Like I, I'm, I fan over so many artists in Mississippi and, and what they're doing. I think that getting this broad spectrum look at how diverse we are and all the different cool things that we're doing has been really important and opening my own eyes to what, what's available here. And you, just like you with the max, I, I, I had a feeling I haven't been able to go visit, but I had a feeling that the max was as advanced as you said, you know, say they are just because of their their displays and what they present. But having that available for you to play with is a really cool experience. What was the collaboration like?
1: So I think it was two years before the the exhibition went up and it was her curator at the time was Stacy. And she invited me to, I think she came across my work. There's a, directory somewhere, I forgot which one I listed somewhere in Mississippi. And that's how she came across my work. And I was like, sure, you know, I'm all about it. Um give me some time to create some ideas and let me know what you think. And she sure that's fine. And I think it was a couple months later, it's like, hey, are you ready? This is I love your work. I love your idea. Let's get this going. I'm like, okay, cool. And so I started working on the linocuts cuts. And it wasn't until maybe halfway through the year I was like, you know what, I want something more. I want to express my digital side. At the time, I was a contributing illustrator to uh, Invitation Oxford here in town. And so whatever you saw, you saw it in the magazines or on social media. But uh, I wanted to bring those illustrations or my digital side of my creativity to the max. And so that's how that happened halfway through. And I told her, I told Stacey, hey, what do you think about this idea? Well, I have QR codes, people can scan them. And that way they can see the digital aspect. So not only is there 13 pieces on the wall, but there's also these additional, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight or nine pieces on top of that. But you have to interact with it to see them. So that's that's how that came about.
0: That's all. And I wonder, you know, if sometime in the future, if Adobe could use your your Linocut print, as the qr code because each one would be so like the the cuts would be individual to that one piece that would be interesting because then you could pop it up and it would do it would read it and pop it up for you anyway yeah. so that's a dreamer
1: <laughs> well i mean it's it's funny you say that because i guess a colleague of mine was like you know instead of you saw the qr codes right mm-hmm. and so in the middle of it i think what the qr just the code just rings outside of the middle so in the middle is a AR. So he said, maybe you should replace that and put either your logo in the center of that. And so that way they can just scan it. They know it's yours kind of thing. But you just brought up an idea, whereas I, I can put their image in the center instead. So that way people automatically know, okay, this is for this piece.
0: Yeah. So that's an idea. Yeah. Going back on your website, because your website is completely different from the work you're presenting on Instagram. And I think you, you know, you kind of touched on that. You just haven't updated it all. When was that jump? From because you've got very very eclectic diverse work on your Instagram. I mean on your um, website that's talking about everything from you know social commentary through cartoon to um, you know these these really cool skull pieces and you know portraits in there. And then you you have a true collection form, you know, and a voice form. So when did that start to happen?
1: I think uh, ever since I got invited to the max because I know for a while ever since I graduated from college and got a job, it just kind of slowed down, you know, just, I'm um, so tired from work, go home, just watch TV, eat. And then next day you repeat kind of thing. You just, then you got, you know, you grow up. Oh, okay. I'm adult now. I got all these bills. I need. I got a mortgage, I got to pay all this and that. And so you just lose that drive to create work. And so when she reached out to me to, uh, you know, show work at the max, I said, okay, now I gotta create something because before the majority of my work was to, was created to kind of like sell to the public. And I think, uh, creating a body of work for myself, nobody would want to, would be interested in that. But I think these past few years, like, you know, it's time for me to create what I want to create and show the people what's really, um, or show them my true, what am I looking for?
0: Yourself. Your
1: voice. Your voice. I just wanted to see what my feelings, my creativity, what's inside me kind of thing, you know? Yeah. That's how that jumped. That's how it jumped from. I know it's totally different. So like I said, I haven't updated it. and I'm looking at it now. And so I think I'm just going to have to create a whole new section, whereas this is family legacy exhibition and have each photo, um, QR codes and the videos. And then I don't know if you saw it recently, but I shared something on my story where AR or AR Adobe Arrow created a, a post about my work.
0: No, I didn't see that. Yeah, I was hoping
1: they would show me the uh, share the files with me. And so that way I could post it on my Instagram, but I put it in my story. So if you go to their site or their Instagram page, you can see everything. And uh, ever since I tagged them in my post, the community manager actually reached out to me and said, hey, we like what you're doing with your line of cuts. Do you have time to sit down, chat a little bit, and maybe we can create a post and share the rest of our uh, your work to the community? I'm like, sure. And so we've had two meetings so far, and she's like, can you send me videos, photos, whatever you need or whatever you have so that way we can create something and go from there? And uh, so I sent that to her, and I don't have anything updated, uh, updated on my b so she was like, you need to get a Behance file or profile and have that updated, show all your work on there. So that way, if people are interested, they can follow you on there as well. So that's in the process right now. But it seems like everything has exploded ever since uh, the Max. But before the Max, it was South Arts, being in the South Arts, uh, emerging leaders of colors. So that's just took off from there. And not only that, Stacy was in the first cohort of uh, the South Arts program and I had no idea. So her and I both have something similar.
0: Sure. See how that works. Every part of your life builds into another part of your life. You just have to trust it for a minute. And that's really cool about Adobe. Um, Have have you been a member of Adobe Cloud for very long? I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, like a membership kind of thing. Yeah, well, that's their membership to get everything. But if I have it for a lot of the stuff that I do, and especially with the kids, I'll pull them and show them how to work all that stuff because that's something they really need to know um, going forward is is how to work all of this. But Adobe Arrow is a program that they have been wanting to take off. Um, So that's really, really cool that they're reaching out because I know that they really push their programs that they want to do well. And I don't know how many artists out there have the use for um, augmented reality yet. Because if you... I was really excited. I wanted badly to play with the Google brush and Google reality and paint in, you know, yeah. a whole scene that you could walk through in virtual reality. And now that brush is obsolete, you know, <laughs> and it's because there wasn't, you know, there wasn't enough of that spike. And so Adobe always does a really good job of pushing what they want to be the next thing. And that's exciting that you're tied in with that. It's like, I'm, I'm that's I'm proud. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: thanks. I think it was last year, too. uh, I participated, not participated, but I attended the Adobe Max, even though it was all virtual. And I think I want to say it was last year, maybe a year before that, their Adobe Aero beta, still in beta for the desktop right now. because I think a few years back, it was just on, I think, an iPad. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm able to, I guess it's easier for me to manipulate things on the desktop compared to the iPad. I mean, it is pretty neat. And then hopefully Adobe just creates everything where you can find everything on their cloud. Whereas right now I've been experimenting with a whole bunch of different programs because you got Adobe Illustrator, Photoshop, Procreate, Adobe Arrow, all these other apps on the iPad. So if you, you can just find one program that fits all of that together would be great.
0: Yeah. They keep trying. They keep trying. Uh, it's ex- I, I like I use. um. I use a lot of the Adobe and actually in the the show that we've got going on right now, I treated it like uh, speed dating. So there's 17 different artists and you can go in and meet each one very quickly and each one of them have a profile and Adobe websites are the one that built each profile so that I wouldn't have to overload my website, but you know, that they, they, they are, they're continually finding ways to try to link in everything to make it more usable for output. You know, they've been so usable for productivity, but now just for output and getting everything out in the world. Well, let me ask you this. Where do you see everything going from here with your art and everything? Do you?
1: I don't know. We'll just see what happens. So, so like currently I'm working on a body work. It's not so much. It's a continuation of what I'm doing now as far as my line cuts and the augmented reality. And so I want to push that even further. You know, I want to continue that because I just don't want to see my lineup because just as a 2D anymore. I wanted to bring them to life. So now I'm starting to get more involved and more focused on trying to learn all these um, 3D sculpting programs like Nomad, Sculpt on the iPad and Blender. I really got to focus on trying to learn more Blender than anything and then animation for sure. That's I just want to continue doing that.
0: I'm excited to see what you're going to do. Yeah, you know, this is just continual play, and they will put out products over and over and over that are going to be better than the next and do more things than the next. That's exciting. So, tell us about your day to day life and and how that goes about.
1: So, I currently work at the University of Mississippi. Uh, I work in the Art and Art History Department, and uh, I pretty much maintain all of our social media and our website. So, whatever you see on Instagram, Facebook, even Twitter, I'm the one posting. So, I post all the images, graphics. Um, some of the graphics are made by our graphic design intern. When they don't have graphics ready, I'll create them myself. But any interaction you get from the department, that's me. So, if you ever have any questions about the department, you can always feel free to reach out. I also maintain our website, so try to keep everything up to date. And so, that's my eight to five kind of job. And then after work, I'm pretty much kind of drained, um, so I usually just, you know, hang out, watch a little bit of TV, play a little bit of video games, and then spend time with uh, our cats and dogs. So we have three dogs and seven cats. So
0: I was going to ask if, if having that amount to do with social media and and the promotion of an arts department, how much that weighs in on your personal. You know, your personal social media is like this. I don't know if I, I get I get home after teaching and I don't want to teach anymore. I just want to sit and do something else.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I sit behind a computer all day and try to create ideas for our department. And then after work is like, oh, I don't have time to do my own work. I don't want to do my own social media because, you know, I'm trying to promote all of our students here in the department. I'm trying to showcase all their work. And so, believe it or not, I get inspired from some of the students that uh, create work here in the department. So it's great to see what comes out of here and the university.
0: When do you find time to work work on your own stuff?
1: Uh, Probably on the weekends, you know, uh, just when I don't have anything to do, mainly on Saturdays and Sundays. Because whenever I get off work, it's just, okay. got to make dinner, got to feed the cats, got to feed the dogs take them out spend time with them and now we're trying to uh grow a little garden so now we're trying to maintain that little garden with all the plants got jalapenos tomatoes baby tomatoes what else we have we try growing celery but didn't work out mint sage all that stuff so it's it's our first time doing it so it's great to see him grow it's interesting (laughs)
0: has that inspired you in any way Uh,
1: As far as artwork, no, not really.
0: Um, (laughs) Well, getting getting back to, you know, your own personal art and finding time for that on the weekends. What does your art process look like? Like, how do you go in conceptualizing and then taking it to a full art piece?
1: So believe it or not, I have all these ideas in my head and then I have the hardest time trying to put those ideas on paper. So they all just live inside my head. But here recently, I've been working on some illustrations and animations. And so before I start any project, I get the idea or sketch it out a little bit. And then I try to find reference images for the most part online. And if I can't find reference images, I go ahead and just create them myself. So this weekend, I actually videotape myself to get animations going for my hands and body and head. And then I would uh, create like a sequence and try to get those as keyframes. So I'll post it later and you'll probably see it. But and that's what I try to do, find reference. If I can't find it, I create it myself. And then as far as uh, a linocut woodblock, I create the final image onto either Procreate or Illustrator and then I blow it up to the size that I want it. And then sometimes I'll print it out in uh, tile pages or I'll use a projector and just project it onto the block itself and sketch it out to the block and start carving. Same with the illustrations. I pretty much try to sketch it out and finalize it with line work and then add color. I'm terrible with color. Uh, I prefer my black and white lino cuts. So I'm still a learning process for me as well.
0: Now for your animations, do you use, uh, you, you drop some Adobe names. Do you use premiere pro and after effects?
1: So I haven't, studied a lot or I haven't gained a lot of knowledge in After Effects. I know I've done a lot of work in Premiere Pro. That's what I'm actually working now. Um, So right now I have the illustrations and the animations in Procreate. And so when I export them as a video sequence, they're not long enough. So for them to loop longer, I drop them in Premiere Pro and uh, copy those images to make it like a 10 second, 30 second video. And then from there, depending on where I want to post it, as far as like a story or just an Instagram post, you got to figure out, okay, do I want a square or a portrait or a landscape? So, but that's the next step as far as learning After Effects. I know there's a lot of work with that, especially getting the motion graphics and and with animation. But yeah, I work in Illustrator, Photoshop, Premiere Pro, of course, Adobe Arrow. Then you got uh, all the other apps on the iPad, so I can name them all. You got, um, let's see, Procreate. Uh, I just found Shaper 3D. That's more like, I guess, creating prototypes. That's a learning curve as well. Uh, I tried doing a little bit of coding with playgrounds. Still got to work on that. And then there was when I first started animation. I think it was uh, it was rough, rough animator. And so it's just a whole all these programs that you get to learn and play
0: with. Now, the, the sizing samples is something that's really interesting to me, because back in the day, you had an option, right? If you're going to go in and animate, you need to anima- animate it for either TV screen size, which at the time was square, or you can go through and do letterbox. But now you have, I mean, you have reels, you have, you know, uh, TikTok and you have Instagram posts, which are Square or landscape, but they're they're their own versions of landscape and portrait. They're not, you know, universal. Facebook allows you to to do some weird shapes. How does that play into what you want to animate?
1: So I I really gotta just kind of think about it. I never thought about it until I actually started working at the university. It's like, okay. Oh, we have a poster, but the poster size—it's eleven by seventeen. It doesn't fit. It's going to get cropped out. So now you got to take into consideration Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok—you know, Reels—all that. So we need to make sure this graphic can fit all all, on all social media platforms. And you know, the most basic one is just a square. So that's usually what I go with. But sometimes you got to think about the banner as far as creating a Facebook event. Um, even a banner on a website. So now it's you just got to take all of that into consideration. But usually when I animate, I try to think about what the background is going to look like. And then I can work around that because I can just export all my images as a PNG. So that way it's just transparent. And then I can think about the background later, whether or not I want to enlarge it or keep it small as far as a square.
0: You created... The, the body of work that's at the max, that's all inspired by your family and friends. Are you finding human subject matter to be more interesting or is it just kind of falling where it's going to fall?
1: Uh, I think of for a while after my BFA thesis exhibition back in 2013, I kind of created more portrait or human illustrations, if you will. Um, I still have one project I haven't even completed that's uh, of me and my cousin. And the woodblock could just sit in there. So I just wanted to expand on that. So I think having this body work at the max was a great time. Hone in on my, I guess, carving skills and techniques as far as how the line work is going to work into the portrait. So you can see a lot of different variations in each subject. I hope to expand on that as well. So not only with them, but I'm also creating a body work that I guess is for me in a way. And you'll see my side of what I go through through life, kind of. So, a lot of self-portraits are in the future, pretty much.
0: Is there anything that you would like someone to know about you that they couldn't discover through just looking at your artwork?
1: <laughs> uh, what do you mean, as far as hobbies, interests, kind of thing?
0: Anything really? Like, um, for for instance, for me. Like I do a lot of brightly colored, happy imagery, but one of the things that I like for people to find out about me is that the majority of this happy imagery isn't happy. There's an entire story behind it. That'll make it, you know, somewhat twisted or just heavy, you know, it's, 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 the, the things that I'm talking about are very heavy, but I'm always talking about something or I'm always presenting it in a way that's almost like sugar, you know, just a kind spoonful of, of sugar to, to kind of coat the medicine.
1: Gotcha. You know, it's funny you say that. And as far as like, I haven't really looked into your work. So as far as you saying twisted, I don't really see that or get that from you.
0: Uh, but you wouldn't know about the pictures. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but if you and get so, me to talk
0: about the pictures.
1: <laughs> but that's what I'm kind of going with in this future body work that I'm going to try to create. You know, there's just some, I guess, twisted, dark imagery. That just goes inside of my head that nobody knows about, and so for me to express that, you'll see it through artwork. And then it's going to be totally different from what you've seen in the past and currently. So that's—I don't know—it's crazy how you say that because I don't see that from you.
0: No, no, you wouldn't, and it's—it's it's almost a purposeful thing. You know, I, I growing up here in Mississippi in the South, I don't like to slap anybody in the face with what I want to talk about. I would rather you slowly discover it so it becomes more and more acceptable to discover. <laughs>
1: I got you. Maybe I need to take a few notes from you then.
0: So no, I doubt it. I <laughs> doubt it. You know, slap somebody in the face and make them think hard. <laughs> I just can't do it for some reason. <laughs> but,
1: yeah, I think I don't know. It's just, I think that's where I'm leaning towards too, as far as like, you wouldn't get this from me before. So I just want to kind of uh, explore that. And just like I said earlier, I just want to create a body work for myself. But as far as like other things, hobbies and interests, I don't know if you get that from me. I love playing video games and I love watching movies and anime. So I don't know if you get that from my uh, profile or website, but those are some of my interests for sure.
0: I have recently rediscovered my love of video games as one of my only ways to truly relax and get out of my brain. That's what my Sundays, my Sundays are my gaming day.
1: <laughs> yeah. So like to, just to escape reality and work and all, you know, anxiety, things like that, just play video games, and just escape reality and playing video games.
0: Well, it sounds to me like you are, are slowly evolving into making art for yourself and making art that you truly want out in the world as a reflection of you. And that's, that's exciting to me. That's something that it's, it's a part of an artist's journey. You know, we go through the learning and then we go through the trying to get gratification and to trying to be um, validated in our talents and what we're doing. And then eventually we break away from that and we're able to go into producing something that is going to open us up to the world. And I'm excited to see that that's going to be such a beautiful part of your journey.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm excited for it too. You know, like I just started this week as far as creating animations and uh, I need to Create a few more that way you can get an idea of where this body work might be heading. I feel like I haven't really appreciated the work that I've created in the past seven years until now. So I really loved what I did for the Max and I hope I can continue that and I'm sure I will. It's just now I got to focus on creating even more and learning more to make those images just pop and come to life and just express my emotions.
0: So to close this whole thing out, uh, well, no, no, no. I want to ask you this because the the show at the max ends July 7th, 9th, um, yeah.
1: okay.
0: ends July 9th, but I don't know if this is going to be out that week or the week That's after. Okay. Um, is there any place other else that the, the art will be going? Or will you be able to find it all on your Instagram or your website?
1: So the plan is to put it on my website for sure. Just haven't had the time. Uh, but right now you can just view all that on my Instagram. That's the only place you can find it. Um, it was hard to get the video. So the opening reception was on a Tuesday during the week. And I was like, off and on. I was like, am I going to make it? Am I not going to make it? It's a three hour drive. Can I do it? And the three-hour drive back in the same day. So I told my wife, you know what, let's just go. You know, we're going to go to the opening at six o'clock. We're going to meet everybody there. And I was surprised because there was a lot of people that showed up. And I had no idea there were sponsors. So there, a lot of them came out from, I guess, the Latino community. And a lot of the sponsors were, I guess, restaurant owners. And so they sponsored all the food and drinks, So which was great. So They were able to see me in person, talk to me about my work, ask me all these questions. And I actually met somebody there at the opening and he was inspired to do more AR elements into his work. And so that night we left and then I had to go back June 4th for a printmaking demo. And during the demo, somebody was in the museum checking out my work and had no idea I was in the building. I said, oh, you're Frank Astronom. I'm like, yeah. He said, oh, I love your work. I love the AR element. You've met my friend, you know, so many months ago during the opening. He told me about you and I'm so glad I'm I'm here. We're working on a mural right down the street. If you have time, you can come check it out. I'm like, sure, sure. And so after the demo was over, I told my wife, hey, let's go check it out. Let's walk down the street. And they were they were working on a Jimmy Rogers mural on a building. And I met the guy there. He was like, you know, you inspired us so much, and we want to do a augmented reality piece for the Jimmy Rogers mural. So I think in, right now they're working on uh, creating an animation for him to come to life for the mural.
0: Oh, that's awesome! Look at yeah. you, inspiring <laughs> bigger things. <laughs> that's uh, awesome. They're like, how oh, do you think?
1: Uh, you know, Adobe Arrow can I guess share our work. I'm like, yeah, totally. I told them about you. They said, all you got to do is just tag them in there in social media and then they'll probably reach out to you. If not, I can give you their contact information. And so I told uh, the community manager about it. She's like, oh, that's a great idea. Just show me or um, send me their information and, you know, we'll be happy to share it. So.
0: Well, Frank, I'll ask you one more question before, before I do that, I want to, to pitch your social media and your website. Your website is frankestradaart.com. That's F R a N K E S T R a D a a R T.com. And then Instagram is I roll Brayers. I R O L L B R a Y E R S. Right. Is there right. anywhere else that people can find you? Or are those the main ones? Those are the main ones. Uh,
1: I go by I Roll
0: everywhere,
1: pretty much. So you can find me on Twitter, Behance, Dribbble, TikTok. I don't have nothing on TikTok, but you can find me. So that's pretty much my identity
0: now. Well, before I let you go, I have one last question. And that's what kind of advice would you give for anyone coming behind you as an artist or for you as your younger self?
1: Don't stop creating. Just continue working on your art and experimenting with other mediums because anything is possible. then if you have any questions for me at all, I'm an open book because I enjoy sharing what I know and the knowledge I know to other people.
0: So. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for offering your advice and wisdom to anybody that wants to contact. And please don't take that lightly. Um, You know, there's several artists that have been on that, you know, if, if you want to know anything about what they do, if you have any questions or just need advice or maybe a high five. You know, reach out to us because we do. We want to contact and connect to you. And we also really want to support you and make sure that you feel supported and that you have a community to be a part of. So that's frankestrataart.com and at iRollBrayers. Thank you so much for being with us.
1: Thank you. It was great. I had lots of fun.
0: For everyone else, we will be back in a couple of weeks. We're on summertime schedule, so I will get these as soon as I can out to you. But thank you again for joining us and we'll talk to you next time. Bye special thank you goes to our members the friends of the little yellow building beth breland mary hardy gwen fury mary adams jenny howard jenny moak evelyn Peavy, the evans family janet smith buffy jordan jennifer drinkwater the smith family bob bruzak and hannah hestrick thank you for all the support